Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. This week, I talked to Tiffany Haddish in a hilarious, deep, thoughtful interview where we dive into family trauma, grief, sobriety, love, and dating. I got a big heart. And I'm very forgiving, but like, don't abuse it. It's been abused enough. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss this one. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Big Bang and DJ Scream bring you Big Facts, the hottest podcast in the streets. Visit the new website today, www.bigfactspod.com. Yep, it's the voice of DJ Scream. Another episode of Big Facts. Big Bank is here. Big Bank, man, we had to give him a bonus, man. I mean, you know what I'm saying? The people that follow Big Facts is good to us. We appreciate their support. You know what I'm saying? They go hard on social media. So this is some gems and some games, man. I'm going to let our two homies that's hanging out with us today. This is a conversation. This ain't no interview. Introduce themselves for the people, man. Let me take my purple glove off. Oh, now you heard me. It's the King Raspy Ross. Rasp- that's the other learn-up class. Raspy Ross is back on Big Facts. Now, last time Raspy Ross was here, you got us in a lot of trouble, man. And we invite that trouble again. <laughs> <laughs> Go for it, brother. My name is Derek. Black gave me a different nickname, though. Way what? back when. What, 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 what nickname is that? The Devil. The Devil? That's right. Oh, my goodness. Because the Devil yeah, is demon Look, we're going to chop it up. Bonus big facts. The first thing we want to talk about is uh, African-Americans getting shot and or murdered by police. Why does this keep happening? Can we stop this from happening? How do we stop this from happening? Why are African-Americans getting shot in the back several times? We just saw it happen again in L.A., um, you know what I'm saying? We had some conversations, but we want to just open it up, man. Why is this happening? Can we stop it? Will it stop? Let me say something off top. Please. One thing we have to do as a people, we have to start identifying police as who they really are. Slave catchers. And as long as our perception is that they are here to protect and serve, which was a marketing campaign, we are never going to get out of this mind funk that we in. Because we keep looking at them as they're supposed to do something for us. They're supposed to help us. They're supposed to protect us. But if we are looking at them as they're supposed to harm us or catch us and throw us into slavery, our mentality towards a cop will be different. And that's what I, that's one of the biggest things I see. Our perception of them are not who they really are. Our perception is a fake perception, a marketing perception. So first off, we got to get to who they really are and what they have been their whole entire time, slave catchers. Mm, okay. All right, brothers. Anybody else feel about that? I mean, they're just pawns in the plantation economy. They're doing exactly what he's saying. I mean, they're pawns for master. They're the overseer. Mm-hmm. They, I mean, slavery's a real thing. I mean, you're talking about people in um, middle Georgia picking beans out the ground. 
Mm. I'm in Louisiana, so you I know mean, about Angola. Everybody mm. knows about Angola. Everybody knows about what is that? Whacking Hut in California. I think they, the Victoria's Secret. Mm. Yeah, yeah slavery is a real that. thing. It's not. It's not like this. Yeah, it's not like a so, preposterous. Soon as we come out of slavery, they start hitting us with uh, vagrancy laws. You know, if uh, you can't read, you go to jail. If you ain't got a job that a white like white person deems is a high enough job, you go to jail. Hanging out too many of us, you go to jail. So we was already going back to jail, putting us back in convict leasing to make money off us. It's still the same system. Nothing changes. So again, can it stop? Can it stop? Yeah. Yes. Okay, so uh, how does, they, they how does it stop? For one, they haven't been in power this long. So for one, like I'm saying, like everything is, is up here first. Our mind, education. Like our minds are so miseducated to where we can't even see what is in front of us and what we need to do because we are miseducated. Like we have to deprogram and reprogram ourselves. Mm-hmm. That's the biggest thing for me. Education. We education. don't have enough we don't have enough knowledge to go forward. So we need to sit back and get the knowledge that we need before going forward. We keep trying to go forward ignorantly. Right. So 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 education is important and let, let's see let's look, we, we could debate about this. How do you feel about voting? I'm totally against it. You're totally against voting. Then why is that? <clears throat> it's a loaded one. First off, <laughs> we don't understand that this is a corporation. Okay. And by voting, you are signing a literal contract that you are in agreement with this corporation. So when they kill us in the street, you have already agreed that you are property of this corporation. Because voting is one of the ways that you sign a contract to this corporation. That's why it's never a human rights violation when they kill us in the street. Because we are ignorantly signing up to be property of the corporation. So the higher boards, as far as the international community, can never come into the United States because we ignorantly signed up to be its property. So it's just them killing their property on paper. So as the international community look at it, you signed up as Black 14th Amendment person, citizen of the United States. That's a corporation. That's an artificial person. So the longest we keep signing up as that, we are never signing up as human beings. We're signing up as uh, property, property of the United States corporation. So when they kill us, it's just them killing their property. This is why it's never a human rights violation. This is why the UN never comes in. As much as we've been killed since Mike Brown, and it's been video, since Mike Brown, it has heavily been streamed online. Has anyone ever come in and stepped in? I mean, this is hundreds of years of but it wasn't filmed. Now it's filmed, so it's exactly. everywhere. Yeah. Has anyone stepped in? So you're saying that there's proof There's proof of all that. You're, you're saying in so many words that, okay, again, back to the initial question that can stop, but it's not likely to stop given the institution. So if you can't break down the institution through voting or politically, which you're against, well, we respect that, um, how do you- You build re- your own. Build your own, okay. Well, they allow that. When, it's, not, when, it's, when, it's already laws in place for us to build our own. It's such thing called the American Declaration for the Rights of Indigenous People and the United Nations Declaration for the Rights of Indigenous People. Mm-hmm. It's for indigenous people. So Black Wall Street, we bring up Black Wall Street. Black. That's what I see. I'm just saying it. It's for indigenous people, not black people. Oh, okay. Black is white and black are social constructs, social statuses. Uh, Bacon's Rebellion, sixteen eighty-two, somewhere around there. Bacon's Rebellion is Bacon's Rebellion is when they came up with the term white. So when they started putting white in a class, see, we are dealing with statuses and classes, and we don't understand that black is a second-class citizen. So we are below even immigrants coming in here. Because if you look on the census, uh, white Indian all go back to original people. Black go back to a racial group in Africa. That's not original people. But you're signing up legally on AP. This is why they keep sending y'all that census right now. Because they need to update their books. It's companies. It's record keeping. White folks have been great. I told y'all this last time. Didn't I tell you they've been great at record keeping? White folks are great at record keeping. So they got you. Look, your loans, 
your grants, your voting, mm. census. All they're doing now is updating their record books. This is how they get their money because they tax you for being in their jurisdiction. Mm. Taxes fund terrorism. If they can't tax you, they can't cop you. They can't police you. But we keep signing up to be taxed. No one is telling us it's a way to not be taxed and to be separate from their system. Damn. This is what no one is telling us. Everybody's screaming, vote, vote, vote. So we, what is that way? So just the same thing we were talking about last episode, your genealogy. Your genealogy is the key. Because in law, whoever's the oldest in time is the strongest in law. Meaning whoever been on the land first, you got the strongest land claim. See, they made commercial claims on us when they conquered us. And we don't know that. All this is business. None of this is had to do with feelings, white, black. This is all business. And because we are so extra emotional, we can't see the business side of things. We can't see that everything is written in legalese. This is a totally different language than what we speak on the daily. Everything you see they're speaking to you is in legalese. Mm. Every single thing. But we don't know that, so we don't operate that way. That's why hanging around certain people is bad business. Mm. Okay. Fair enough. So, police... Killing black people. Insurance, 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 insurance. Insurance, insurance. This is the way that nobody is talking about. Insurance. Break down insurance. What you mean? Let me even start off with, uh, look how New York was fighting with the NRA uh, about a year or two ago. New York was about to hit the NRA insurance companies and make them stop insuring the NRA to stop the NRA. Like I'm saying, it's all business. You have to learn how a business is structured in order to attack a business. That's why we are not attacking the United States Corporation the correct way. Because we're looking at it as it's our government instead of it being a business that's oppressing us. So you say it, and this is just all clarity and that, you know, sure. information. So you're saying that come forth November 3rd, in your in your opinion, it don't matter what happened. Because all the corporations, something is running in the background repeatedly. It doesn't matter. And Trump is white supremacy, American white supremacy, Biden is international white supremacy. American white supremacy in the electoral college is not about to give up American white supremacy to the international community. So I don't care what y'all do. They're not taking Trump out of this office at all. Mm. Not a chance in hell. You know why? Because Trump bringing everything back over here. This is why they're not taking Trump out of office. I told y'all that shit. Man, man, these people don't give a damn about you. I got bets on Trump. You say you got bets? I got bets. Like, at, like look, Super Bowl, bro. Look, How? All right. So Bush messed mm-hmm. up in order How they to bring take Obama in. Bush messed up on purpose. The whole everything that was all planned. Bush bring Obama in. Obama bring Trump in. Mm-hmm. Look at their presidents and, and the, the things that they put into play and the way they had the, the country moving. How Bush automatically was a shooting for Obama. Obama was a shooting for Trump. What you mean by that? Because uh, Bush had messed up so much, they was looking for some change. A reactionary choice. Yeah. Uh, 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 Hegelian dialect. This is what they call the Hegelian dialect, uh, to where you have controlled conflict. You control it, both sides of the thing. That's why it don't matter if you uh Republican or Democrat. It's all up in here. Skull and bone. I brought this too for y'all today. This is the uh, American secret establishment, the skull and bone. This is the secret society group in America. So uh, anything you want to know, how they uh, got everything organized and how people can't figure out what's going on, right here in this book. So you saying basically this ain't nothing but a plan going through. That's all it is. And then these books, man, they got they list family names and everything. How do you look? This right here even, if you wanted to take over society, which, uh, which places would you take over? Education, money, law, politics, economy, history, psychology, philanthropy, medicine, religion, media. They're telling you how they're taking over this, how they infiltrating everything 
And another thing, in this book, they talk about how the secret societies over here, they infiltrate organizations at the beginning, or they found the organization in the beginning, and they give it the policies and the direction, and then they recruit people over the, every year to come in and just fill out what they what their policy already is. So that's like the NAACP. These white folks founded this in the beginning and gave it its policy and then put black people in position to run those policies. So when you see the NAACP, they ain't nothing but a front group for white folks. So, man, oh. being being a whole different race and you're here, you know what I'm saying, and we've had some conversations, how, how, how does all this dialect talk to us about your perspective? I mean, I don't disagree with a lot of what he's saying. For me, I feel like just being a white person, I know how they think. And, and for me, I feel like a lot of it, people like to kind of, give a, a, a hidden or conspiracy type agenda to a lot of these things that, that they're, but they're broad daylight. It's like people tell, oh, there's a, there's a group of people that are controlling shit. It's like the CEO of Bank of America, the CEO <laughs> of JP Morgan, the CEO of, of IBM. The CEO, it's like these motherfuckers all work together. It's nothing secret. So like people think that it's a secret idea or the secret society, as, as far as I'm concerned, it ain't secret. It's broad daylight. Mm. They all work together. What we have in this country is a, is a ruling class. It's an oligarchy by proxy. It's not really a democracy. You have a group, of, and it's an oligarchy by proxy, which is by virtue of corruption. Because hell, you got to break that down. Because people, yeah, there's a lot of people. Us, they I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Because I don't even understand. I've been, I've been deep in it because I've been I'm, writing I'm a book. I'm listening to you, and I'm going wrong. But go ahead, break it down for them. You know, you're, you're, I know what you're saying. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. You came with all. You know yeah, I mean? I, I know give us regular words, yeah, though, so not an them oligarchy, white words. Basically, an oligarch is a basically a member of the corporate elite, someone with a big ton, shit ton of money. Jeff Bezos is the, the Mark Zuckerberg's, the, the the big, big, big CEOs with a ton of money. They then can buy influence by by virtue of politicians, by by lobbyists, by by lobbyists. It's it's not. This isn't something that people. Don't, this isn't secret. Everyone knows about it. We don't lobby. All we said vote. Think about it. If you pull up, that's what I want y'all to post on y'all page. Pull up the stats for how much money white people pay in lobbying and how much we pay in our community for lobbying and watch the difference. It's going to blow y'all mind. I mean, for me, just being from, like, I don't I don't take a, the same position. There's a million amazing, intelligent, super intelligent black leaders. I don't take the position of, of telling black people what to do, period. As a white man, I feel like I have, um, and I have a lot of black brothers. I was raised in Atlanta. So the people that I, I was nurtured and, and and taught by black women, I was my doctors were black people. So for me, um, it, it, it's a very personal thing. But I don't feel like I have the moral authority to tell people what to do. I, I I've read Malcolm X and I've read Louis Farrakhan. I've, I've watched Louis Farrakhan. I've, I've internalized Fred Hampton, all these black leaders. But for me, I've never taken the position of wanting to be a black leader. Like I don't want to, I don't want to tell black folks what to do. There's enough people that are really intelligent doing that. Mm. But I do believe, I mean, I'm trying to continue a tradition of, of uh, someone like John Brown or the weatherman um, in you terms of part. too many white folks speak on John Brown. John Brown is, you know, I, I want to get a noose tattooed on my throat with the knot going at the back of my head because I know my fate at the gallows and I'll never be for, I'll never forget because this isn't really when you get down to it, when you get down to it, this isn't really about race. It's about humanity. You know what I mean? You're an equal human. We have equal value as human beings. And I love all I love everybody in this room the same way I would love anybody else of a different color. And I'm and, but so it's not about race, but it is about race. Because just like you said, in America, in our plantation economy, racism is a vehicle for classism. The white people who started chattel slavery didn't give a fuck that these people were black. They cared about free labor. And how to exploit any human being for the sake of free labor to then have investment capital to build these businesses. So 
for me, like, I, I agree with what you were saying, but I also disagree in a certain sense because I feel like black Americans, it's their country just as much as it's mine. And and I and I feel like there's a lot of talk by about things like reparations, which I totally agree with. Um, building their own systems, which I totally agree with. However, I feel like as a white man, I feel like there's two things that have to happen in America. One, you first have to destroy a corrupt and wicked system. Two, you have to rebuild an equitable and fair and compassionate system. Mm. I feel like the white man's every black person and every white person could hopefully work together on both of these things. I would never stop anyone from doing or, or suggest stopping doing anything, you know, anyone from doing any part of what they chose choose to be a part of. But I feel like it's the white man's burden to, to destroy a corrupt and wicked system that they've created. We've created. They're not going to destroy it because if you're sitting there waiting on white people to have a change of heart, you better... Uh... I disagree with that. I disagree with that because I feel like I feel like um, what you have here is a, a lot of white people who have been tricked to believe. Everybody miseducated. Yeah, I, gr- I, gr- I agree with you on that. And I believe the majority of white people are poor work class white people that have been tricked to, to, to made to believe that the idea of um, if white. Can, if you can make the poorest white person believe that better than the rich, uh, the richest exactly. person. Exactly. That's exactly say. what they're, that's exactly what they, they do. That. That's exactly what they do. Just like you say, control chaos. Something like um, what Trump is doing right now, having the, uh, the caravans go through these liberal cities. Why do you think they're doing that? Because they know it's going to create a reactionary response. And then they can go in there and stop it and be like, look, how I say, I'll keep you safe. White America, I'll keep you safe. When people say white power, that's not because they really give a fuck about whiteness. They give a fuck about maintaining their class position. That's what it's really about. And because race and class have been so so commingled in America, it's it's become it, it, it's entirely about race. Because when I've been to jail, when I go when, when I got locked up, motherfuckers didn't look like me. Mm. You know what I mean? So so it is about race, but at the same time, in America, it's race is just a vehicle for class exploitation. Mm-hmm. And so if you get white folks to understand. That they're exploited too. If you get these white motherfuckers all over America to understand that they've been tricked by, by, by the right and the left to hate someone that looks like him or like you, all in the interest of a, of a select ruling class of people, about five, six hundred people doing all the evil in the world. They got us all fighting each other, white, black, poor, rich, Democrat, Republican, left, right, gay, straight, Jewish, don't, none of that shit matters, man. It's all it's all really, really powerful group of elite people and the politicians that are their fucking whores. Ruining it for everybody. Exploiting everybody. But see, as you look back in history, they always did this. Like Oh the, yeah, the this has been going on forever. Always kept the lower class ignorant. And that's why I'm I'm so big on education. Absolutely. So as I look through history, I always see how the ruling class always kept the lower class ignorant. And this is how come there was over the rule over the uh, lower class for so many years because they stay ignorant. You can't you can't enslave an educated people. Well, I started the learning class to break the system down to us piece by piece, section by section, because you're not just going to get this in no one sit down with me to really understand. That's why I started the learning class to break the system down piece by piece, section by section, because there's a lot for us to have to unlearn and relearn. Because like, it's a lot. What we have in our American education system isn't education, it's indoctrination. So basically you said niggas need to forget everything they taught you. Not everything. Not everything. Because <laughs> look, 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 a lot of stuff, like especially for us in the streets, us that lived in the streets, a lot of things that we learned in the streets are 
keys to survival. Nah, a, a lot of people can't. Because I, I be telling my guy, I be like, see, you don't know how to look at certain things because you don't have to live that street life. But that street life keep you on your P's and Q's at all times. Hmm. All times. You learn how to fight the system. You learn how to not depend on the system in the street life. You know, you got to put something in somebody else's name. You got to figure out things in the street life because you can't do it. That's going to pay off for you once you start learning how this system actually works. Because now you're going to be like, oh, man, I still need to. All right, you're selling dope. You're sending packages off. That's that's logistics. Yeah. Mm. I got to make sure this person, meet that person at a certain time to get that package through. That's logistics. But they don't teach us that. I agree with that. So, so when we start growing our own food, we get trucks, uh, 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 grocery stores, and you got to make sure somebody make it to this farm to pick up this load to bring to this grocery store. That's logistics. Exact same thing, but they don't teach us this. Mm. You're going to need all that. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite in powerful conversations. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. I want you all to join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. In every episode, we gather a seasoned elder. But even with a child, there's no such thing as the wrong thing if you love them. Myself, as the middle generation... I don't feel like I have to get married yeah. at this big age in life, but it is a desire I have and something that I've navigated in dating and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations. I'm very jealous <laughs> of your generation yeah. that didn't have to deal with Instagram and that. Tinder. This is Across Generations, where Black women's voices unite, and together, you know how we do, we create magic. We create magic. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. On Purpose's mission is to create impactful conversations to help you become happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Tiffany Haddish in a hilarious, deep, thoughtful interview where we dive into family trauma, grief, sobriety, love, and dating. You'll be laughing, crying, and have so many impactful takeaways after this interview. I had this, like, you know, homie lover friend for a long time. He's very disrespectful to me, very kind of messed up to me. But in my mind, we could get married. We had the most beautiful babies. He handsome. I'm pretty. Like, it would be so cool. He's smart and intellectual. I'm kind of smart, I think. Like, it would be fun. We have the best conversations. Like, we have fun. But then he would treat me like crap. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss this one. Hey there, I'm Dr. Maya Shunker, and I'm a scientist who studies human behavior. Many of us have experienced a moment in our lives that changes everything. A moment that instantly divides our life into a before and an after. On my podcast, A Slight Change of Plans, I talk to people about navigating these very moments. The last couple of years has been the hardest season of our marriage for sure. I'm surprised our marriage survived it. I think we both are. I think we both were barely holding on. Mm. Nothing compares to how hard this is. Their stories are full of candor, awe, and hard-won wisdom. And you'll hear from scientists who teach us how we can be more resilient in the face of change. True behavior change is really identity change. Every action you take is a vote for the type of person you wish to become. Listen to A Slight Change of Plans on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
Nah, nah, I ain't saying. So, I'm, so, I ain't, you, I'm you saying the shit that's in them, in them, in them school books. Hell and yeah, shit. education. They lie. So you saying you forget all that? Forget all that. What about the Bible? Forget that. Cause look, I'm, I'm gonna go definitely that far. forget that. I'm gonna go that far with you in the Bible. Okay. So for one, we in America. We know that black folks been in America before slavery. So if you was over here before slavery, who was teaching you the Bible? Hmm. Who was teaching the black folks over here the Bible before Christopher Columbus come over here? Shit, I don't know. All right then. So who they were praying to before then? So you telling me right before they come over here, that's when now we supposed to just start believing in the Bible and everything they say? Mm. We had our own cultures everywhere before they brought the Bible anywhere. Yeah, Christianity is not indigenous to West African people. It's not indigenous here either. And when you or, look or at, to the Americas. and whenever somebody say, let me say this publicly, so whenever everybody be like, oh yeah, Christianity started in Ethiopia. No, it wasn't. It was brought to Ethiopia from Constantinople and Syria. Do the research. It was brought there from Constantinople and Syria. And at that time, Roman was over there running that. So that's not indigenous to Ethiopia either. We got to get out of that. Like our cultures go back way further than that. And that is what's holding us the hostage. The furthest, the furthest. It's holding us hostage because none of us can get back to our indigenous roots because we keep believing in a whole body that somebody gave to us. And then the way they give it to us, a lot of people don't get the history of the Bible. Like to start off with, we have been told from the Bible perspective that Moses wrote the first five books. But if you do the real research and now you see how even in the context of the writing in the first five books is more than one writer. Mm. Like for instance, let me give you an example. Ask anybody what bird it was Noah sent out to find out if the water was dry, if the water had receded. And they're gonna tell you two different birds. Why? Because it was two different people telling that story and somebody put all those, put both of those stories together. So there's a lot of things going on in that Bible to where when they tell you that this is supposed to be the word of God and you're supposed to believe every word in it and I'm going to believe every word in it when there's two people writing it and another person putting it together. And it's not even on this side of the world where I got a lot of my ancestors at. So why am I believing this? And then you go to West Africa, they know they was over there before the Bible get done. So why would they believe that? Mm. So so what would y'all say if, if, someone is, if someone is of color and they're seeking... Um, economic equality, economic empowerment, just equality, just empowerment, can I, can education, can enlightenment. Like, what, what are what are the ground steps? Let's educate people. What are the first steps? Can I clarify something? Please. Is this some bullshit white people have been doing since this whole thing started with George Floyd? They they saying people of color, like they're afraid to say black. This, this is about black, black America. We gotta stop saying black too. Mm. Because that term black holds us hostage into this white black caste system. Yeah, I agree all, with that. All we know the is African black. African when I say people, when I say, no, 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 listen, I only say people of color because it is African American or whatever but, the case but, is, but see, it's also but, Latinos. But this, but it's also. Everyone gets back to who they are, and it also puts white folks in a corner because now we get off of white and start saying, who actually are you? Because hmm. I just did a learn up class. My last learn up class was on all the black royals in Europe. So when white folks quick to tell us, go back to Africa, like for one, America ain't yours. For two, you whitewash Europe. Because King Charles and King James, all them black people, quote unquote, you melanated beings, copper color. But they don't want to tell you that they had two Irish migrations. So we got a you melanated Irish migration. That's why you got black folks with Irish last names, thinking that they got it from a slave master. No, you got people that look like you that was Irish that come over here first. Jamaica, Barbados, all that. What y'all think about the, uh, the artificial wounds? Like, they're supposed to be making the babies without the women, though. Uh, but this is 
this whole blur. When Hitler first took over, one of the first thing Hitler did was stop porn and all that over there. Stop he, what? Porn. Pornography? Yeah, okay. because he understood how it was messing up the minds. And over here, we see how they just feed it to us. What do you mean? Hold up. Break it down. They, they're doing this to tamper with our minds, so they're blurring the lines. All they're constantly doing now is blurring the lines. D-Wade. No, I ain't talking about that. You talking also. about the artificial wound, so you you blurring the line, so you gonna give a now they gonna give a man an artificial wound in order for the man to have a baby. No, nah, not that. Not I ain't that. talking about. I'm talking about. They saying they making babies inside of like some little um incubator. yeah incubator. They supposed to be putting the women the shit that's in women, like the baby be sitting in the bag and just grow. They already tested it on the. Um, <laughs> the shit that be sitting in the bag. Yeah, the, uh, well, they, they already tested on the animal. That that's shit what they talk about in the nineties with test two. Test two so, babies. So, so they're going to just create the baby in the lab and just give it to a woman? Yeah. But they put them inside of women, though, right? But, yeah. But they, okay, you're saying if they put them inside but, of but a the human. They're not putting them inside of a human. They're yeah. saying, you're saying that this saying. is lab-built people, humans. Yeah. So, so imagine, that's crazy to me, because who would actually want something that's not tied to them on a genetic level? No, nah, it is, because I guess they're saying they get, your, get, get her eggs, get his nuts. His nut or whatever, and then got now you pick the baby. I call all kinds of shit. <laughs> what the? They might. They let women. Okay, surrogate is is a lighter, more. Word. I get what you say. You okay, say, it's basically the same thing. It's the same shit, but your shit ain't gonna. It, they That's gonna put up. It's gonna be That's a false Beyonce, heart. Kardashians, a lot of Hollywood people. I'm saying like it's like what's your baby? Test tube, as in. I don't want. I don't want to say they're soulless, but basically they soulless. Okay, but I look at that as them always. So their uh, birth records, their their birth and death rates. Uh, on the decline, like they're dying more than they're giving birth. And you got to think about when they first started the, uh, what it was, IVF or whatever it is, when women get the uh, artificial inseminated, the price of that was so high, and it was two sessions that they had to go through. I think it was like $15,000 back when they first started, like 79. So it was like $15,000, you had to go like through two sessions. So you know back in that time, even way back then, it wasn't our women that was paying for that because our women didn't have that type of money. So you got to always think, who needs to have birth? Like that. We don't. They trying to stop us from having children. That's why we got them abortion clinics in our uh, community. Because they know that we actually start loving on each other and not killing each other. We overpopulate them in an instant. And that's what they fear. They, 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 Who is they? The elite. The establishment. The secret society. The skull and bones. The group. The round table. Uh, the Mirna group. The kindergarten group. Let me see what other than the uh, Rose group. The Vatican. The Jesuits. I can name. I can call names. Yeah, that's names. He gonna get them fuck gonna drop a bomb on yeah, Big Fat. <laughs> he fuck gonna send a missile in this like, bitch. Look, fuck like with rest. Don't even know that. See the, the European group, the C European secret society group started by Cesar Rose because you hear about Cesar Rose scholars. So many people that went to college are Cesar Rose scholars. And Cesar Rose first five wills he had wrote in his real wills that they were supposed to form a secret society. Once he died, offer his money, his wealth, in order to keep British imperialism going. That was in his will, his first five wills, written in contract for British imperialism. And all people don't. How really you know all this shit? Though, read. Bro. You see all them books, bro. You be I reading do. them motherfuckers. All, all, this, all, this, all I do, facts. And my wife be like, uh, "People outside, you got some more books every day. I got books coming <laughs> out every day." Do you, ever, do you ever feel though, like, cause a book? I'm just, see, I'm, I'm just throwing this out there because I spoke to your name, Matt Barr, certain people. But a book is written 
Mm-hmm. Wow, man. So do you take everything at face value for everything you read, no, or do you put research multi- against other I research? Multiple, uh, I, I take multiple books or articles or information from different people on one subject. I don't just read one book on one subject. Like, I buy multiple books. I have multiple I things you. I dig into. You do your research. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a student enough. Steve Coakley. Got you. Like, that's the boule. That's the boule killer. That's who, that's who gave us the boule. Steve Coakley. So long live Steve Coakley. No, I don't know if a lot of us know who the boule is, but that's who gave us the boule. D. So none, none, of, none of the white folks in your family ain't racist? No. And your great, great granddad and none of them folks ain't had no slaves or shit? No, my, my family are recent immigrants. And my father's a Southern Jew, so no. What kind of, so in conclusion, what, so what kind of, what kind of, even, even outside of your family, like what kind of conversations do you have, like, when the George Floyd happens, when all of these situations happen, what kind of conversations do you have with your fellow friends of your color? Like, what are yeah. your conversations? I mean, it's it, to be honest, like, uh, it, there's been kind of an awakening moment for me in that, and it's not the same awakening moment that a lot of white people have been having. Like, oh my God, this is so bad. I can't <laughs> believe this happened. It's not been that awakening moment for me because I've been knowing this my whole life. Mm. I've been sitting in trap houses, watching motherfuckers get beat up, shot at, all that my whole life. So this is not, not something that's new to me. However, what I did not know was just how fucking ignorant and insensitive white people were as a whole. And, and so for me, that's been a massive awakening and eye-opening experience. I thought that it was further along than that, and it's not. And so for me, um, that's kind of been the nature of the majority of the conversations I've been having as a result of this kind of catalyst type event that happened as a result of George Floyd. It's been like, wait a minute, you didn't fucking notice? You've been mm. listening to gangster rap music this whole time. How the fuck did you not know? Mm. And NWA said this shit in the fucking 80s. Native. Y'all know about Reagan, crack cocaine, Oliver North, Quinto Pro? No, but see, a lot of them don't. That's what I'm trying, that's what I was trying to say earlier. It's a lot of these white motherfuckers are just as miseducated as you were saying about your people. You know, they just don't know. Yeah, because a lot of this shit, I don't know. None of this shit The thing about. is, the thing is, it, it, as a but white it makes person, sense. you don't have nothing. Like you you already in a position of of, of being up here. So why you need to learn about something that someone's suffering from? But whenever we have, like we having a uh, vote, when we have these voting going on, one thing white folks do, they, they tend to, you know, they go back and forth. They, they, in order for them to get the, uh, the, the, the desired outcome they want, they got to have to control conflict. Totally. So they spill a lot of dirt on each other. Totally. And if you notice, the people who follow them, the white, the poor white trash, they do their digging on the other candidate to be able to talk shit against their other poor white trash on the other side. So it's be a lot of it going on. It's just that they don't acknowledge it when it comes to us. When it comes to their wrongdoing to us, oh, it's, oh, they don't know what they're talking about. But when it comes to the wrongdoing of the other side doing it to them, they can see that clearly. When yeah, it, when, yeah. it, when the Democrat and <laughs> Republican, a, white, a poor white Democrat could tell you what a rich white Republican is doing to them to fuck them over. And vice versa, but when it come to us, they all. I agree with that. I agree with that. I agree with that. That ain't even happening. Yeah, that ain't even happening. I agree with that. I mean, for me, it was it was kind of wild. You know what I mean? Because I grew up in Atlanta, so I had a really kind of unique experience. I grew up here in the '90s, so I was always the minority. I know I don't have this like weird Rachel Dolezal thing where I like feel like like you know what I mean. I'm a black. I don't have that kind of. Mm. But but I've still always been a minority, and I've been very much so involved with the community. These are people that I love. My first girlfriend was black. My teachers, you know, all these different things. So I had a very unique perspective um, just by virtue of my socialization. So for me, it was quite surprising. 
to to learn um, just how little people that look like me knew. You know, I mean, I would say things from Fred, about Fred Hampton or George Jackson or, or you know, and and they're like, "Who the fuck is that?" I'm like, "Wow, you really only know Martin Luther King?" Yeah, like that's the, that's wild. The, but the, the education system was perfect, was purposely to miseducate everyone. I agree with that. I agree with that. So, and, so, so, so uh, like with Martin Luther King when he was around, when you just said that, it made me think about it. like, at least we had a face to they, somebody. But, but to they, gave, they gave us him too. I don't uh, know if I agree with that. They get, they, all right, so you telling me he up there talking? No, with, I'm not. I'm not saying. I'm not. Hold up. Say what you gotta say. Say what you gotta say. Say what you say. You, I about to say they gave us him too. So you think he he up there with the Rothschilds and the Rockefellers and all that? And you think he bumping shoulders with them by chance? Nah, that's not how this go. Like I just told. Oh, y'all. he knew them. Yeah, like that's not how this go. Like, this oh, so you saying he's saying this control opposition? Like, what happened? What happened? So look, even at the end, you see you see MLK when he start changing. And he started talking about going to uh, Washington to get that check. He started talking about, he started waking up to them, or had been having him as a puppet all that time. This is why they kill him, because he started waking up to him being a puppet all that time. Because they had tapes on King doing all kind of wrong stuff, trying to, uh, sleeping with white women and all that. They were sending that to his wife, trying to get her to divorce him and out him and all that. But they wasn't, but King, um, before King died, he started switching over. He told us that we was he had integrated us into a burning house. Do you think that was a conversation with Malcolm that made him change? Because some people did realize or uh, notice a change. Hold on, hold on, hold on. He gave me this one. Let me say what he said. He said what now about he, the burnout? He he felt like he integrated <laughs> us into a burning house. What you mean? Like he he feel like he helped he finesse helped, us? Yep. He said that himself at his own mouth. For real? To Harry Belafonte, yes. He, and I and this what I look this what I this what one thing I, I equate voting to. Cause you keep trying to run into the burning house. Instead of sitting back, figuring out how to build your own house, you keep trying to save this house. And it's burning. It's on fire. It's been on fire since Dr. King before Dr. King. Dr. King even pushed this further in and told us, hey man, this house on fire. I didn't find out. I didn't kill him. It don't matter if you violent or non-violent, they killed Malcolm and Martin. And Dr. King used to have them guns in the basement. And Dr. King used to run around with nobody, nothing but them boys that had them straps. He didn't have them. They used to be scared of Dr. King. None of you knew they used to be scared of Dr. King because he brought the hood out, the, the brothers with the guns. Like this book right here, this nonviolent stuff will get you killed. It's about all our brothers and sisters back in the civil rights time, <laughs> all them strapped. What did it say? This nonviolent stuff will get you killed. That's a deep book, bro. Nah, it will, though, bro. Sometimes you got to go on and man, get into look, it. No, every time. No, man, you got to defend what's yours. That's your <laughs> God-given right to defend what's yours. Ain't no constitution get it to you. That's your so God-given you say, right. So, so you saying... You saying Martin did it unconsciously? Nah, I don't, I don't. You think he did it on purpose? It's bro. What did he have a conversation with Malcolm that you think changed? Some it could have been with Malcolm, or it could have been with um Elijah Muhammad because he mm-hmm. met with him before mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. And you know he had met with Muhammad. He met with uh, he. You know what I'm saying? They had meetings. They, yeah, yeah. They started engaging, and because remember one time uh, Malcolm X even sent Dr. King a a, a telegram like, "We see what they're doing to you out there. We know the police ain't." Going to help y'all. So if you need me to send some of these brothers out here to protect y'all, just say the word. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I send the brothers in, in a heartbeat. And that's the same way we got to be, mm-hmm. even to this day. And that's how we got to get back to even policing our own communities. Yeah. We got to get back to all of that. Like, we got to get these people up out of here. Yeah. I have a different perspective on that topic. Go ahead. Respectfully, respect yeah. on Martin Luther King. Go ahead. I feel like Martin Luther King was righteous, and he felt, and he was, what he felt like what he was doing was right. I feel like there's. He was righteous while he was sleeping with white women. I mean, there's all, he was buying a pussy he at married, Pink City. Come on, now he, mar- he married, and he pushing for, 
How you know them facts? Man, look, they was recording him and trying to blackmail him with the tapes. But I'm not going to say yeah, a man's not righteous because he's having uh, extramarital But you're a preacher having uh, extramarital affairs. And you right, claiming, but I don't... But you claiming you're righteous. But you claiming he's a righteous I mean, person. I feel like he meant well. I feel like he meant well. That's what I feel like. For, I mean, for, for, okay, for the record, just, just being <laughs> fair, all right. If you if you make any I'm type not, of if you make any I'm, type of mistake that doesn't make you not righteous. No, but a lot of our righteous I'm a, people. I'm not gonna sit up here and preach. I'm right. a preacher and all of this, yeah. And I'm doing X, Y, and Z. I'm not. That's so you're saying he's conflicted. Can no, you I'm be conflicted? saying he was a hypocrite, and I'm calling the spade a spade. <laughs> the fuck I look like? Okay, look, my master teacher say no one is. Uh, well, how did he say this? When it comes to uh, uh, change, nobody is. Uh, uh, nobody. Deserves not to deserve criticism. Everybody get criticized when it comes to change. Right. And so when you look at actually who he was, he was a puppet for them people to help integrate us. Cause look, even slavery didn't break up our households. When we was in slavery, we still had our households. We didn't start breaking up our households till we integrated. Then we not teaching ourselves. We going to their schools. We going to their doctors. We riding their bus trying to get a seat in they at their table. Integration is what Ooh. killed us. Not slavery. We were still good after slavery. Integration Ooh. is what kill us. That's, Mal, that's Martin Luther King. And not only him. Like, these white folks was at everybody. I mean, but his last few years, he last few years he changed his, He changed what he was on at first. That's why he say he integrated us into a burning building, because he overstood he was a fraud. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I mean, what you been saying, D? I mean, for me, I have a slightly different perspective. I, I, I do agree that there's absolutely some truth to, to the Garveyite. Uh, type economics, the, the economic theories of Elijah Muhammad. I think there are some great things that come from their ideas about economics in terms of integration being actually harmful um, when you look at solely economics. However, I, I, I'm, I'm very thankful for there being integration because I can have this conversation. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite in powerful conversations. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. I want you all to join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. In every episode, we gather a seasoned elder. But even with a child, there's no such thing as the wrong thing if you love them. Myself, as the middle generation, I don't feel like I have to get married yeah. at this big age in life, but it is a desire I have and something that I've navigated in dating. And a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations. I'm very jealous of your generation <laughs> yeah. that didn't have to deal with Instagram and that. Tinder. This is Across Generations, where Black women's voices unite, and together, you know how we do, we create magic. We create magic. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. On Purpose's mission is to create impactful conversations to help you become happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Tiffany Haddish in a hilarious, deep, thoughtful interview where we dive into family trauma, grief, sobriety, love, and dating. You'll be laughing, crying, and have so many impactful takeaways after this interview. I had this, like, you know, homie lover friend for a long time. He's very disrespectful to me, very kind of messed up to me. But in my mind, we could get married. We had the most beautiful babies. He handsome. I'm pretty. Like, it would be so cool. He's smart and intellectual. I'm kind of smart, I think. Like, it would be fun. We have the best conversations. Like, we have fun. But then he would treat me like crap. Listen 
listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss this one. Hey there, I'm Dr. Maya Shunker, and I'm a scientist who studies human behavior. Many of us have experienced a moment in our lives that changes everything. A moment that instantly divides our life into a before and an after. On my podcast, A Slight Change of Plans, I talk to people about navigating these very moments. The last couple of years has been the hardest season of our marriage for sure. I'm surprised our marriage survived it. I think we both are. I think we both were barely holding on. Mm. Nothing compares to how hard this is. Their stories are full of candor, awe, and hard-won wisdom. And you'll hear from scientists who teach us how we can be more resilient in the face of change. True behavior change is really identity change. Every action you take is a vote for the type of person you wish to become. Listen to A Slight Change of Plans on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Because you got to no. think, and, and, and I, do, I do a lot of business with white people in them buildings and shit. You got to think, bro. That's what break up everything. labels. Just say it's a nigga with an with a, with a independent label. Mm-hmm. All right. That shit is doomed when the, when you put them white when the white people get in it too. Why? But why? Okay, here, here, here my because it's like it's why like. Why is it that? Okay, why is it that we can be separated by whatever race and whatever they got going on? But it, it, see what I'm saying that they don't no, allow so, that to happen on the other end. So when I hear that, it's kind of like that's not the main part. part. That's not we, the main part. We had the labels, and we were signing young white artists or whatever the case is or young to music white that was destructive to white people to music that was destructive <laughs> to white people only come on we got no, 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 no. no, what i was saying what i was saying what i was saying is do you do you think that cuz now we're blaming the labels sometimes for pulling apart labels nah, but, but you know you know but guess what like he just said earlier like when, when, like he said he about said the Democrat, they, like he said the Democrat and the Republican they fund the NWA they fund hell or whatever the Jewish fake Jew is they, f- they fund the NWA. They fund the gangster rap. They stop putting out uh, the Con- balance in hip hop. Conscious rap. Just the balance, period. For us to have a balance, they started they started uh, financing gangster rap. So, but don't don't you think you did say it's all business, right? If it was, but look, just, nah, check no, check this out. Go ahead, go ahead. If it's just agenda and, and then not just business, you see what I'm saying? Then we still got a J Cole, we still got a Kendrick Lamar, we still got these people who all right, became. So how many people? That no, you, for sure, it's not balanced. I'm not saying right. it's balanced. I'm just saying. Look, let me let me it, make that point. Let me make that point, man. Because what I'm saying about these labels, I just know how these people be. And it happened to the biggest ones. Like you don't need those guys anymore. Well, for sure. That's what I'm talking about. That part. But niggas do the same shit. But like I'm saying, within we gotta. Ain't no black people going to no group of other race of people. No, I'm saying to each other. They do it to each other. Oh, to ourselves. Yeah, we do it to ourselves. But I'm saying like at the end of the day, niggas will trust a white person before they trust a nigga. Okay. Because niggas been around niggas all their life. Like, man, I ain't fuck with these niggas. Niggas ain't calling niggas to do shit. Just be one. That's one. That's that's been part of my push. It's like the white. It's like the white is right. The white face to niggas even niggas even think like these folk won't play you. But it they do have right around them, bro. Trust me, when it came out of voting for the mayor, you started seeing when them fucking little signs started going up in them yards up in the neighborhood. Who was white and who was black? Trust me. And every time I'm home, that white woman. This is my final. This is my final conversation on this. And then, and then my, my belief. No, no, I got, I got it. I got, I got to just get this off. Go ahead, go ahead. So if shit hit the fan in America, and there was a war, we won't even label the war. It was a war between 
I don't know, people who want this and people who don't want that. You don't think that people of every race could come together to fight this institution that you speak of? Mm. Wow. Because so many people are tied to this institution in ways that they don't even know. So you say he will walk off on us no, and go I'm to... No, I'm not saying him. I'm okay, saying... Not, I'm, yeah, that's he what I'm is. Saying. That's what I'm yeah, he is. Not, not. But what, bro, <laughs> that's just like... The moment. I just you asked... What the fuck, I'm gonna keep walking with y'all for the bullet coming over here. You gonna go to his family. I'm gonna go, my good. You gonna go to his family. You gonna go to your family. You gonna go to that family. That shit good. I gotta go to my Bye, bank. Our family ain't gonna be enough to fight the war. It's gonna... We've seen the Civil War before. If it's... I'm not saying... It's going to have to be more than just... This is how you have to start forming your, your militias. Your family. Your family has to be your militia. You, you got to start training your women and men in your family. Man, I'm going to tell you how, to, how, how that shit... I would like to finish my thought. All right, bro, we white boy going to last on this shit, man. Let me finish this shit, man. White boy going to last on this shit. We talking about this shit, man. You, wait, nigga, to the end. <laughs> nah, go ahead, bro. Nah, I was just saying because the shit he talking about with the labels and everything... The same thing with Martin Luther King. Once he started talking about class, once you start talk, once you get to a point of enlightenment as a civil rights leader or an activist in America, and you're challenging the order, the natural order of the plantation economy, and you start talking about class, that's when they kill you. Because as I said, racism is solely a vehicle for classism. They don't give a fuck if somebody goes goes outside and becomes an anomaly outside of Black Americans and gets rich. But they don't want their entire natural order of this class caste system to be disrupted. They don't want you to go outside of America, corporation to get rich. They want you to get rich up under the American corporation umbrella. I right? mean, I, I wouldn't dispute that either. How all I'm saying is this: is that it's about money at the end of the day, and it, it, all you have, you just like you say, is about the mind first. First, it's a revolution of the mind before it's a revolution of the limbs. You have to first change people's minds, and I guarantee you. A lot of these white, most of these white people don't have any idea that they've been tripped. They do not have any idea they've been miseducated. They don't know that. They're stupid as fuck. The majority of all humans are stupid as fuck. Let's be real. Mm. So that's just the truth of the matter. And for me, it was, was what it comes to. If you look at the, 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 the trajectory of every, of every single civil rights leader in American history, namely black American civil rights, as soon as they start talking about class, they wet your ass up. Because you're gonna end up because you're threatening the natural order of things. You're gonna get out of the civil conversation. So let me. Well, don't talk about this shit on here. Then nah, you're gonna get out the civil conversation. <laughs> they wet your ass up, man. I ain't, we ain't uh, trying I, to catch no. I'm nobody. just. I, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm talking about him, but he bringing bring up some shit to get a nigga wet up. No, but no, look, no, it's, 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 because that because the ruling class. We don't know nothing about class in here, man. Civil, <laughs> the ruling class wants to perpetuate race tension, so they don't. So you don't have class tension. They there keep are us racial tensions, though. Of course there is, and they yeah, want I, I that. I don't think, so the police that are killing uh, black men, African-American men, however you want to title them, KKK. some of them don't have money. No, I know. They're the pawns KKK. in the ruling class system. The slave okay. catchers. They're pawns. It's, they, they, it's, they're crash dummies for the fucking master. Hmm. If you, if we, everybody's focused on the fucking police. What about the master? If you fucking, if you're on a plantation, right, and you're a slave, and you fuck with the overseer. What's master going to do? You take out the overseer. What's master going to do? He going to replace the overseer with a new overseer. A meaner, crueler robots. one. Look, check, check this out. Check this out, Because we about to get out of here. I ain't rushing y'all. Give us one, one solution. And you give us a solution. Uh, what we could do. I mean, it's about, it's about land, power, money, and freedom. Education, art, love, unity. People understand kind of... People have to know... What who the enemy is first. 
Then you decide how you can fix the problem. First, you have to identify the real enemy. And it's not each other. It's about five, six hundred people in suits. The real devils. Same thing you just said. So, education, land. So, in order for you to get land, you need your genealogy. You need to know who you are. So, we can't never reclaim our land back if we don't know who we are. And so, one thing I wanted to point on is we talk about civil rights. We always fight for civil rights, but we never fought for human rights. And that's our problem. Our, our aim is in the wrong place. We shouldn't be fighting for civil rights. We should be fighting for human rights. And because we fight for civil rights, we are going the wrong way. If we start fighting for human rights, then our trajectory is going to go a different route and our education is also going to go a different route because in order to get human rights, you have to go a different route. And that's our biggest problem between civil rights and human rights. We don't have human rights, but we are up here trying to scream about civil rights. Let's get some human rights first. Let's I be looked at as a human first. Because them, them white folks, them crackers, they care more about your vote than they do about your life. So you need to be putting more uh, respect and attention on your life than on your vote. You more worried about your vote than you really be worried about your life. You worried about some civil rights more than you worry about your human rights. There's a difference. And legally, we don't have human rights. And until we get to the point to where we are establish ourselves in a status to where we can get human rights, we're going to continue being property of United States Corporation. They're going to continue having jurisdiction and authority over us, which also gives them authority to kill us dead in the street, and nobody will say anything. I would add to that and say power as well. Beyond just human rights, there needs to be power. Like people have lost the term black power. Why? Black, you got to understand, before black power come up, our people didn't even like the word black. That's what I'm saying. We got to get out of that black social construct. I get that, mm -hmm. but I'm talking about power, period, for people that look like you. But, all right, so when we start figuring, our power got stripped when they took away who we were. So once you start going back into your genealogy. Do you think, do you think um, um, like, okay, the abuse of influence, like Kendrick Lamar said, do you, but do you think, like, we, we are powerful. We're influential. We have a lot of money. Do you think we the most up our power and we, our influence sometimes, though? We, we don't, don't use own it. nothing. Okay, ownership for sure. Ownership's a big Nipsey thing. Hustle preach ownership because we need to own more. But you, all right, so, so we do have influence like but, a motherfucker. Right, so like, we just right, saw so it happen. Charlemagne and Joe Joe Button going at it right now. Mm -hmm. Joe Button just fired back at Charlemagne and told Charlemagne, "Me and you may look like we fighting the same thing, same battles, but mm -hmm. we not." I saw it because I'm fighting over ownership. You fighting over a contracted worker is a different fight, mm -hmm. and so enough of us aren't looking for ownership. For sure. We're not looking to set our family for family business to where you got to come to our family for everything for anybody in our family. We're not looking to set up our family that way. We don't look at our family like that. That's our problem. We don't look at our family That's as our shit. end all be all. Mm -hmm. You're supposed That's to start with your family, die with your family, That's live with your shit. family, eat with your family. Blood is thicker than anything. These white folks lean on their blood for 10, 20 generations. Exactly. We exactly. ain't even trying to. Exactly. This Nigga, is how they get our land. Real shit. Big facts. I'm trying to tell y'all this Them shit. Facts I, I right telling y'all this facts shit. Right this genealogy is how you get your land back. Nothing moves without land. This shit has been about land this whole time. We fighting about everything else and nobody's telling us it's about land. You can't build more land. They are stealing the land. It's about land. We need to take our land back everywhere. And it's all paperwork. The pen is mightier than the sword. Ain't got nothing to do with no wall. That's why they keep us so confused and looking everywhere. Because if we stop and look in, we figure it out. And in is your family, your nationality comes from bloodline. Your nationality comes from your family or you have to go to another nation and uh, sign allegiance with that nation and uh, revoke your allegiance with the nation that you come from. Mm -hmm. Other than that, that comes from your bloodline. 
Black is not a nationality. African Americans are not a nationality. 14th Amendment citizens is not a nationality. We have no nationalities. And there was over 500 nations in America before colonization. So all of us trying to come together as one big kumbaya moment is not going to happen. We got to get that out of our mind too. You got to look at your family. Get your family together. That's all I want everybody to do. You get your family together, make your family a nation, then that family can get with another family. And that family can get with another family. Y'all form a confederation. It's strength in numbers and diversity. We got to stop thinking we got to be all one 40 million of us under one nation. That's not how our, our ancestors live, and that's not how our solutions go to get up out of this mess. When you read the paperwork, the black and white, in order for us to get out of this mess is genealogy, trust. Because the trust is the vehicle that every, what you quote unquote call a country, is in. Like everything in Africa, which y'all think are countries, are actually corporations. That's not countries. Mm. Those are all businesses. And that's why Africa can have presidents at the head of every country in Africa, quote unquote country, and they still paying these crackers money. Why? Because Africans don't own a trust to their land. Same thing with quote unquote Native Americans with the Snyder Act. When they became citizens, the United States took their trust in the land. It's all the same shit. The system is worldwide. Trust bank this system worldwide, and all of it goes off your bloodline. This is why they keep the indigenous people in other parts of the world pushed into the corners. That's all it is. I, I, I'll ask something to what you were saying in Scream as well. In terms of like black American influence, like it, it was crazy to me. I, I, I've been all over Western Europe. I've been all over the world. And last time I was in Thailand... I was out there. I'm like, man, I'm, I'm way far away from home. I'm from the east side. Mm. So when I start hearing music that sounds like future, it's mind blowing to me. And then you realize that Black American culture. I, I'm not even sure what the white word you, you know what I mean. Okay, so let me just but, say this: the correct term in American law for Indigenous people in America is Indian. So that's all Indian means. Indian only means the Aboriginal inhabitants of North America. Mm. So whenever you say Indian, a lot of people don't get that. Black folks are Indians. It's hard for a lot of people to see that because they whitewashed the image. Same way I say there was a lot of black roars in Europe. Europe was black too first, but they whitewashed the image. So really the term in law is Indian. Ain't no black Indian, just Indian. Because you, you, a lot of our ancestors was the original inhabitants of North America. They are what will be labeled as Indian by law. Mm. I mean, I was, I was, people that look like everyone in this room besides me, from my side of town have created a culture and a music and intellectual property that's been exploited and is the second that is worldwide is the it is now the worldwide youth culture mm. you know so I, black american culture whatever the hell you want to call it is the worldwide global youth culture meaning that intellectual property is extremely valuable we're going to beat your ass when we get out there, bro. <laughs> hey, man. We're going to beat your ass, bro. Listen, you yeah, wrong yeah, color yeah, today, no, bro. Y'all no, fine. We, I'm with that. We're going to go. Let her beat your ass, bro. For all that shit your folk did, bro. I'm with that. But listen, let me finish what I'm saying. <laughs> so it's, it's, the most va- it's the most valuable piece of intellectual property and in, in culture worldwide. That translates to money. So if you look at the, the GDP of American export, number two is entertainment. Who do you think fucking controls that? Look at the analytics of Spotify. Who makes that? Whose intellectual property is that? Guess what's funny? The top five artists of this year was all white folk. This year? Maybe so. I mean, but the, the majority of analytics, hip-hop, rap music, is now we, pop music. We, we are the most mimicked and everything. Because, totally. Because, so, of, but, because of our 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 natural uh, in sync with the earth. You know what I'm saying? We, we just have that gift. 
And so it's mimic, like, and only here. Because you can look for people from everywhere else, but it's American, it's the American culture. The, the, the humiliated American beings is the most copied beings. And, that, the, and that's that's what I'm saying. The and fastest, it, well, besides both, you know what I'm saying? But as far as us overall, we're just that athletic, saying that we just do it. Yeah. Artistic, just all around for some reason. And I, I kind of think they once they got you, they was like, oh, yeah, we got Because, like, um, people don't know how many actually Indians were shipped away from America to the islands and the, uh, North Africa and the Europe. Like, people don't know it was millions of Indians shipped away from here. Like, people think that the transatlantic slave trade were just slaves brought from Africa over here. But actually, the first slaves in the transatlantic slave trade were brought from the islands to Europe. Mm-hmm. When Columbus went back, he brought the first set of slip, uh, slaves back over there. We got to get you back on. But but there was yeah. already... Uh, What's the Raspy Show, man? What's your show? You got your podcast yet? No, nah, I, I started a class, man. I started, class? Uh, so I started the learn-up class. At first, I had started it teaching it in person out here. And COVID hit, so they stopped everything, which was good. So for where me. can they go to get this game now from you directly? You go to raspyrawls.com, R-A-S-P-Y-R-A-W-L-S. Okay. I got the learn up class on there. You know, I teach class every two weeks to break down the system to us, subject by subject. So it ain't just one big blur, and you can go piece by piece and, and start to get a, a overview of the system. Because until we get uh, be able to point out what's really going on overall, we're going to never make change because we're going to always be trying to make change up under them. And once you go so high up under them, you hit the ceiling because you're up under someone. So we got to learn how to move from uh, from under them and then go vertical, then vertically integrate. We keep trying to vertically integrate while we are still colonized. Mm-hmm. We got to figure out how to be uncolonized and then vertically integrate. Big shots out to Raspy Ross. Salute to UD for pulling up, man. You know, what nah, I'm we saying? appreciate good game, y'all, good man. Building. We appreciate y'all. Just a real. bonus episode. You know what I'm saying? Just some good information. RaspyRaws.com. They want to tap in with you, then. I'm I'm writing a book right now. Let's writing see. a book. Okay. We got another book. one coming out too. The book is coming soon. Yeah, Freedom in Ferguson. All right. Well, now we're gonna do this again soon, fellas, man. We appreciate y'all's big facts. Wow. DJ Scream, Big Bank Salute. The truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. Big Bang and DJ Scream bring you Big Bang. Hey, man, it's all the way up. Ladies and gentlemen. That merch in. Yes. Yeah, that's right. www.bigfactspod.com. Yeah. With the real ones one time. Y'all come get y'all some of this merch, man. Bigfactspod.com. Let's get it. Get that merch right now. Shop with us. It's all the way up. Big Fat Merch. It's going down. Visit the new website today. www.bigfactspod.com. Visit now. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. This week, I talked to Tiffany Haddish in a hilarious, deep, thoughtful interview where we dive into family trauma, grief, sobriety, love, and dating. I got a big heart, and I'm very forgiving, but, like, don't abuse it. It's been abused enough. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss this one. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, 
Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.